So I saw a list on, well, Twitter, at JeffyJFR. It was tweeted from uh, someone named at Stern, S-T-I-R-N. Well, at least he had, uh, he. this is the tweet I saw. His score was 31. There's a list on here that says if your score is less than 40, you really need to get a life. And it has 15 things listed and they total up 100 points. So according to this, if your score is less than 40, you really need to get a life. Now it starts out with, you know, number one, had sex. That's worth 10 points. Okay. Smoked six points. Yeah. Got drunk. Yeah. Kissed someone of the opposite sex. Duh. Kissed someone of the same sex. Duh. Peed in the pool. Been suspended in college. Well, I mean, I don't know if I technically get those nine points because I didn't go to college, although I signed up to go. And that's another story, which I believe you can, (laughs) I've told that story before, but I was suspended, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. So I'm counting that. All right. Been in a fist fight. Yeah. Stole something. (laughs) Done drugs. Um, duh. Been in love. Yeah. Cried. Yeah. Been heartbroken. Yeah. Got arrested. Duh. Made out in public. Duh again. So, I'm saying I got a hundred points on this. I'm saying that my life, I don't need to get a life. I have one. I, I, I'm giving myself 100 points on this list. The only way I get away from 100 is the been suspended in college because, you know, I mean, I didn't go to college. I signed up to go to college, but I never went. So, but I was, like I said, I was suspended in elementary school, <laughs> middle school, and high school. So I'm, you know what? I counted it. So I've got 100. So worst case scenario from this list, I get 91. I still think that's a pretty good score. Am I right? That's what I thought. I'm right. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> We are in the smack dab middle. In the middle of the smack dab. We're in the smack dab middle. We are smack dab in the middle. Yeah, that's how you say it. Uh, Of International Dark Sky Week 2021. Did you know that? So if you're listening live today, the 8th of April 2021, International Dark Sky Week this year runs from April 5th, which was three days ago, to April 12th, we still have a few more days to celebrate International Dark Sky Week. There's still time to join the movement and discover the night where you live. It may seem harmless, according to their website, but light pollution has far-reaching consequences that are harmful to all living beings. Effective outdoor lighting reduces light pollution, Uh, leading to a better quality of life for all. The Dark Sky Movement is working to doing better. No, 
The Dark Sky Movement is working to bring... I can't even read. The Dark Sky Movement is working to bring better lighting to communities around the world so that all life can thrive. Now, I could be mistaken, but life thrives pretty good because of light. Now, (laughs) I get it. You know, I, I do understand, you know, light pollution and especially, you know, my wife is a photographer and does a lot of night shoots. And, uh, you know, I understand light pollution. I get it. But really, are we supposed to kill the lights, burn candles? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But, hey, go dark, right? Go dark for a night. Go dark for an hour. That's what we're supposed to do. And we're supposed to celebrate darkness. Okay. All right. If you say so. Let's celebrate International Dark Sky Week. Okay, there's events, and you can partner with them, and it'll be a wonderful thing. And you can go to idsw.darksky.org and sign up so that you're aware of what you can do for International Dark Sky Week from now until the future. You know, I will say, though, (laughs) after making a little bit of fun of it, it does, you know, bring back, remember we did the, you know, I've talked to you about, uh, you know, before we had electricity, when they said people would sleep twice, right? And get up in the middle of the night. And that's when they would pray and read and, and, you know, have a little business with the wife or the girlfriend or go to someone's house and have tea. And then they would go back to bed and then they would get up, you know, later on in the day. So, and they would go to bed early and get up in the middle of the night. And, and that was before electricity, right? And once we got electricity, that's when we decided that we were up late and we had to get eight hours of sleep. And then, you know, you're up early in the morning. Well, so in the times, you know, you read those stories and I think, you know, I, that's a, I, I could do that. I, 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 a life would be pretty good living that way because I'm, I'm that kind of person. You know, you go to bed, and you get up, you do some stuff, you go back to sleep, and then you do some stuff, and you spend your day, you do your day, and then you go to bed, you know, that guy. <laughs> Instead of just go, 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 and you get, to, you know, you end up getting three hours, four hours, five hours. I know you're supposed to get eight hours, but you end up not getting enough sleep. And that not getting enough sleep is probably because of light pollution. I'm guessing it's because of light pollution. So, you know what? Go dark. Pull the plug. And don't worry, it's going to get expensive enough as it is with those damn fossil fuels that we may have to just cut it off anyway. <laughs> Speaking of getting cut off, I was reading about a small-time actor. That's how they, he is presented in the Los Angeles Times. Zachary J. Horwitz. All right, now he is an actor. He was in some minor films. He's got like 15 credits under the name of Zach Avery. But he was arrested because he ran a massive Ponzi scheme, or at least that's what he's accused of, running a massive Ponzi scheme that defrauded investors out of $227 million. And he touted fictitious film licensing deals with HBO, Netflix, and other platforms. So he fabricated emails from HBO and Netflix executives about non-existent film distribution agreements in an attempt, obviously, to stave off demands for payment from investors. In a sworn statement filed in Los Angeles federal court, 
the FBI laid out the scheme where he persuaded investors to pour huge sums of money into his film distribution company. He would send investors bottles of Johnny Walker Blue Label Scotch with the company's 2015 annual uh, annual report, <laughs> which was all a bunch of bull, uh, highlighting his 52 films that his company was supposedly distributing in Africa, Australia, New Zealand, South America, and he had these a list of films that he would that he touted, and then he falsely said he had strategic partnerships with HBO and Netflix and other platforms to license the foreign distribution rights. And the investors, this is what got them. I mean, this is what works on the Ponzi scheme, right? The investors were promised returns as high as 40% within a year. Wow. Uh, You know, like one company that uh, is owed more than $160 million in principle and in the story, it says, and about $59 million in investment proper, in profits. Well, no, uh, that's what you thought you were going to make. <laughs> You're not necessarily owed that. You're really owed $160 million. Just incredible. Now, he has a, his house up for sale now. You know, he was just living in a little $6.5 million dump. A little six-bedroom with a pool and, you know, a gym and a wine cellar. So he was doing okay. He was doing okay. Now he's out on bail, got a million dollar bond, and they were really concerned about that. They were like, ooh, he, uh, you know, he might flee if released. Duh. And they said the U.S. attorney, Alexander Schwab, uh, told the judge the odds that the defendant has some of that money squirreled away are quite high. <laughs> The judge was like, there is a lot of money, quote unquote, missing here. Yeah, you think? Now, he lived a good life, right? I mean, he lived uh, he lived in a beautiful house and made a lot of deals and did some traveling and vacation. And he, he you know, made had these people giving him money. Just amazing, right? I mean, one company gave him 742000 over that, over 742000 uh, to pay for distribution rights to a film that, you know, obviously didn't exist, but they were promised a 35% return in six months. So, I mean, they gave them the 742,000, but they wanted, it was almost a hundred thousand in six months. Sure. If you've got 700,000 to invest or really almost 750,000 to invest, and you're going to get a hundred thousand back in six months, that's pretty good. That's a, you know, I mean, it's a fair investment, 35% on, on your re, for return in six months. Okay. And that's what, that's what got you, right? The greed, no question. Now, some of the investors, obviously, the way the Ponzi scheme worked, uh, got their money, right? The, early one, the earlier ones uh, got their money. So the other investors, that's where it got into trouble, right? I mean, you start building up and you start spending the money and you start using it for... You know, let's go to the islands for a week. We can afford it. I'll send out an email and we'll raise a little bit more money and then I'll be down on the islands. They can get a hold of me there. So he could face, well, he is facing 20 years if convicted of this. The FBI searched his home for evidence of securities and mail fraud, money laundering, and my favorite, other crimes. <laughs> when they searched his house, they, the warrant also 
uh, allowed agents to open any phone or tablet that required facial ID or thumbprint by holding the device in front of his face or against his thumb. (laughs) So it was like they were opening up everything, man, checking it all out. And he told the judge, he, you know, he knew the judge says, do you understand what it is the government alleges you've done wrong? And he said, yes, I do. So he knows what's up. He knows what's in it. If now, does he have money squirreled away? Let's say he's got, uh, you know, a hundred million squirreled away. Is that worth going to prison for, well, let's say he gets the full amount, 20 years. He's out on parole in 10, maybe does 10 years for a Ponzi scheme. And, uh, you know, has a hundred million buried in, uh, in the field somewhere. Is that worth 10 years? I don't know. He's what? 34. I think it said Zachary Horowitz, uh, 34. Yeah. So he gets out of prison. Worst case, he gets out of prison at 35. I mean, at 55, right? 20 years. Cause, uh, you know, by the time the trial gets over, he's 35. I don't know what his birthday is, but, uh, let's say he's 54. All right. We'll go just with the 20 year mark. He's 54. He got a hundred million buried or more, which he probably doesn't because just that when you're when you're scamming people of that kind of money you're living large and you're not saving any money but it's possible it is possible that he's squirreling it away so you know we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's got 100 million is it worth going to prison for 20 years you're probably not going to do the full 20 but let's say that we are we do the full 20 for 100 million dollars would you do something for 20 years, knowing you're going to get a hundred million at the end of the 20 year mark. Uh, I know my answer. I mean, it's not Royal money, but I could do a hundred million for 10 or 20 years. I see where speaking of Royals though, that's what made me think of it is that, uh, I see where Prince Harry and, uh, Megan are back in the news. Because they, and Prince Harry more than Meghan, but it's part of their Archwell Productions deal with Netflix. They're producing their debut docu-series on Invictus Games. Of course, that's easy. That's what he loves. Might as well do it. Uh, It's a global adaptive sports competition that he founded. And uh, it's called the Heart of Invictus. And it's going to follow a group of international competitors all service members who experience life-changing injuries or illnesses on the road to the Invictus Games, the Hague 2020. And the competition will now take place in 2022. The series is going to document their training, reveal their compelling life stories, as well as follow the games. And they're going to, and you're going to follow how the organizers partner with each nation's team to support their athletes. That will be fascinating. Uh, Boy, I hate to say it, but it will be. (laughs) It will be worth a watch, right? Now, I know that uh, there are other documentaries and feature films and scripted TV series and children's shows. Uh, I can't wait for that to be produced from Archwell Productions. But The Heart of Invictus uh, actually sounds like it would be worthy, especially when you're going to get the backstories. And that's where you get into how much where it costs a lot of money is the backstories, right? You can... Go film the games and talk to the different players before, during, and after each game. But when you start doing backstories, then you got to have crews all over traveling to each one of these 
guys or girls or thems or theys their uh neighborhoods their family do the backstory what happened how they were before what happened after their injuries and this is where they're at now right i mean that's what costs a lot of money so it will probably be pretty good and i see where harry and william have been uh they say putting aside their differences for the princess diana statue however when you read the story it sounds like this happened before the Oprah interview. Because remember, William said that he hadn't spoken to him. Now, according to this story, since he's been living in California, they have sent him pictures and stuff. And they ha- he has signed off. Harry, I'm talking about, has sa- signed off on the design of the statue, even though he's been at odds. Okay. I mean, they they were less at odds and more, what are you doing, before the Oprah interview. After the Oprah interview, it was more like, oof, well, worse than what are you doing. It was, what are you doing? You can quote me on that. It wasn't, what are you doing? It was, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, let's, let's go to the break room. I need something. Ice cold to drink desperately that is ice cold Ooh, and i don't know if you know this or not it's good i mean you know it now it's good so i see this story from holly about holly madison who is a Playboy bunny and had lived at the Playboy Mansion, obviously, when Hugh was alive. And I wonder, why are we talking about Hugh Hefner now? And it was his birthday tomorrow. Duh. Uh, Today is the 8th of April, 2021. So the 9th is Hugh Hefner's birthday. He died in 2017 at 91 years of age. But the story is Holly was doing her, her podcast called call her daddy i'm sure it's wonderful uh and i you know i should reach out and talk to holly maybe we could cross promote podcast but she has said i'm not trying to slut shame anybody or anything but nobody ever got asked to move in unless they had slept with him well duh <laughs> uh duh now, apparently on this podcast, she was talking to two other members of the uh, Girls Next Door uh, reality show that they did. And uh, they were they were talking about, you know, living at the mansion and what they had had to do to live there. And Kendra uh, said that uh, she hadn't slept with Hugh Kendra Wilkerson before she moved in and Madison said I had to sleep with him first and uh, that's when she said I'm not trying to slut shame anybody or anything but nobody ever got asked to move in unless they had slept with them so you are not telling the truth Kendra (laughs) and uh, she even talks about how uh, she kind of 
felt bad, I guess, from sleeping with him. She said that it was, uh, it was the same, just boring, basic sex with her days living at the mansion. And uh, she was thankful she never got pregnant. Said I was healthy, he was just too old. And when I first got into that situation and something happened in my mind that first night I had sex where I felt like, okay, I did that. I like breached my own boundaries and I wasn't comfortable with it. Now I have to make this situation into something. And I almost locked myself into this box. Did you? Did you lock yourself into this box? Because I knew you had a pretty good life. And so if it took sleeping with Hugh once in a while to live at the Playboy Mansion and become a Playboy world star, I'm guessing it was okay. You had to make that deal with yourself. Right, Holly? Right, Kendra? I know Kendra Wilkerson. We were friends right from day one. Were you? I mean, maybe, I'm sure you were, but no way. I'm sorry. If you're living at the mansion, you're sleeping with Hugh. I would, I would feel that way for myself. <laughs> I mean, sure. You know, everybody wants to be with the Playboy bunnies, but you're not living there unless you're sleeping with Hugh. Period. Okay. That's just the way it is. So you got to do what you got to do. I'm going to do a retrospective. I don't remember ever doing a retrospective on Hugh Hefner. Maybe I did, but wow. I mean, the guy was, uh, you know, incredible. Had an incredible life, right? And I mean, part of the retrospective would be, you know, Hugh Hefner. Uh, What was the line that everybody used? It was great. Oh, yeah, the line. You know the line that says uh, when people die? Well, they're in a better place now. Uh, Nobody ever said that about Hugh Hefner. Okay, Hugh Hefner dead at the age of 91 in 2017. Born in Chicago, Illinois on April 9th, 1926. Quoted as saying, the major civilizing force in the world is not religion, it is sex. Life is too short to be living somebody else's dream. Those are quotes from Hugh Hefner dead in 2017 at 91 years of age the people who say after you die you're in a better place never said that about Hugh Hefner this has been retrospective (laughs) on CTF retrospective sponsored by chewing the fat podcast You can subscribe, follow, and like Chewing the Fat Podcast on any platform that you want to. The show is available on a plethora of platforms, okay? I'm sorry. Available wherever free podcasts are sold. Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Sponsored this retrospective. (laughs) So make sure you subscribe to the show. If you're listening to the show right now and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, you need to become one. So pick whatever platform just warms your little insides right off. Just brings them right to the top with a little bubbly and subscribe. And then you can, you know, rate and review. If if your platform allows you to do that, you can rate and review it. And, I, you know, I've made it easy for you. All you have to do is just rate it 20 stars, best podcast ever, and you're done. You don't have to think about it. I know you're busy. you got they got a lot of things to do in your life. So if your platform allows you to rate and review it, just rate it 20 stars, best podcast ever, and you're done. 
then you, then you can move on with your life. Okay. Then you can go on and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And then you can, you know, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor at Jeff Fisher Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. It's just that simple. This has been Retrospective on CTF. I already said that. So we talked a little bit on Pat Unleashed. I've been uh, doing Pat's show with him uh, this week. And uh, we talked a little bit about Deshaun Watson, uh, quarterback for the Houston Texans. And he has, uh, you know, like 22 allegations of sexual misconduct against him. Uh, Nike has suspended their endorsement agreement with him. Beats by Dr. Dre has suspended their endorsement agreements with him. I see the Nike deal yesterday was, I said this morning, was like the, you know, one of the bottom Jenga blocks, man. When Nike pulls the plug, then other companies are like, ooh, we're going to pull the plug too. So I hope it works out for Deshaun. Uh, we played one uh, one clip from one of his accusers that talked about uh, she, was a, she was afraid, she's not afraid anymore. Deshaun Watson assaulted and harassed me. She said, I'm a survivor of of, uh, assault and harassment. He's my assaulter. He assaulted me at my home doing what I love most, massage therapy. Okay. And she said she can't do it anymore. She said to cut uh, some jobs short because she starts shaking and uh, she can't do it. Her father doesn't even like Houston Texans anymore or Deshaun Watson. Well, duh, no kidding. If it's true, I can understand why he would be frustrated with Deshaun Watson and then tie that into the Houston Texans. But there's been like 18, 18 people come forward to say he got massages from me and it was fine. And there's been, you know, I, so I don't know. He's denied it. The everybody is uh, kind of wait and seeing, you know, what happens with these accusers. I mean, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, right? Uh, the team has made a, a statement with to their season ticket holders. Do, according to the one attorney, Deshaun has, uh, you know, professed his innocence and. You know, the, I know that uh, he said that he's going to cooperate with the Houston Police Department, but he didn't feel comfortable going into the police department. So he was working with his other investigative teams. He said, uh, th- these the people that are on his side, he's got more than 130 times in the past five years that are just massages, right? It talked about him using Instagram and Snapchat to get people to massage him. I don't know. If he's a dirtbag, he's a dirtbag. But it really was, I don't know, the the one lady who uh, is uh, one of his accusers that has talked about him ruining her life, maybe, I mean, in the clip she talks about how she was touched by his man part. Does that ruin your career and your life? Having touched the man part while you're massaging him? I would say no to that, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Deshaun. Another lawsuit that's making the news. Remember Katie Hill, a congresswoman who got in trouble for having 
an affair and threesomes and naked pictures and the Daily Mail posted the nude photos and uh, she sued them saying that she suffered emotional distress, attempted suicide, which I'm very sad about if that's true, and quit her job. Yeah, I mean, she stepped down. She resigned from being a congresswoman. And she uh, argued that the images were not in the public interest because the publication could have just described them instead. Oh, I mean, look, it's a tough go, right? She got into uh, uh, she got into the muck. You can quote me on that as well. She got into the muck. They were, you know, she got a divorce. Uh, remember the she had an affair with her finance director, and she had an affair with another girl and then another guy but the husband was like hey um i could accept my wife having a relationship with a woman but not with another man that was the final straw when he found out about the other man but so anyway uh you know her life has been you know torn apart no question and i'm very sad to hear that she attempted suicide that's what they said in court but the judge was like "Eh, eh, no um Sorry about that. Those were because for public interest. And she cited First Amendment grounds in dismissing the suit, saying that sharing is what journalism is all about. And these were matter of public issue and public interest. Now, she sued the mail. That's been uh, kicked out. She's got redstate.com. She sued Anorex Hubby. Assuming that uh, that they distributed non-consensual porn. Um, well, look, baby. I don't know. I remember uh, looking at the pictures. Yeah, I looked at them. <laughs> okay, I did. I know you had a three-way relationship with hubby and a female staffer, and then just the female staffer, and then a legislative aide, and then you had pictures... Uh, posted using an illegal drug displaying a tattoo that was controversial because it resembled a white supremacy symbol and uh, you know you were naked in in these photos so uh, you did it baby you were there you know the photos were taken so I mean while I'm while I I feel bad and I do I feel bad for you I don't I don't really Another case that I'm going to be looking at that (laughs) talks about a Southwest pilot exposing himself during the flight to Orlando, or sorry, doing a flight to Orlando from Philadelphia. So I guess this pilot is charged with a federal crime for exposing himself in public while flying a plane. Um, well, if he exposed himself in the cockpit, you can write your own jokes to that right there, but he's uh, facing the charge of lewd, indecent, and obscene exposure of his genitals in a public space in the U S district court of Maryland, because while flying the plane from Philadelphia to Orlando, the acts began and continued and were completed while the aircraft was in flight from Philadelphia to Orlando, 
which is why he's being charged in Maryland. More details about the case were not made available. So I'm not sure. Look, the guy has already, he is not a pilot anymore. Uh, He's no longer employed with Southwest. This incident took place last year. And that's when they became aware of the alleged incident. Uh, Just a a, a little bit ago, it was recently brought to their attention. They even said that they're going to cooperate with the appropriate outside agencies as they investigate. And of course, you know, our corporate culture is built upon treating others with mutual respect and dignity. And the events alleged in this situation are inconsistent with the behavior that we require from our employees. Really, you don't expect your pilots to just... (laughs) drop trowel while they're flying a plane if it happened and who complained why did they complain was that it did he just say hey look at me or did he attempt to assault someone in the cockpit i gotta stop saying that Pornhub released its first ever transparency report to the public uh, late last week. And that comes, you know, after their big aftermath of their major scandal that broke last year that accused Pornhub of housing child porn and other exploitative content. I mean, it's pretty, it was pretty, pretty significant because they, uh, they were hurt badly by these accusations and they still don't have everything that they had before right i mean as far as even the you know the videos and the the content of course i mean they scrubbed you know tons of that but major credit card companies that cut ties with the platform uh they haven't come back so i mean (laughs) that's a big financial hit for pornhub and some of you i know are saying oh poor pornhub they can't make all the money they were making well I mean, they removed 653,465 pieces of content found to be in potential violation of the site's terms of, uh, of service and other guidelines which prohibit any content depicting minors, non-consensual acts, hate speech, animal harm, incest, certain bodily fluids, including blood and, uh, you know, number two, So, you know, I love this story. Remember, a kink that looks degrading or humiliating is not the same thing as an illegal, abusive, or non-consensual act. Yeah, okay. You got that? So, so there, okay. But, boy, they, they took a big hit. And now they've, you know, they've got to release their transparency report and creating and fostering an adult space to safely, consensually, and freely express and explore what they want to explore. And they are, uh, you know, really trying to fight back to get a little bit of their old life back after the wake of the scandal. (laughs) I don't know how you do that. Uh, Nobody that can't, you can't use my, I can't use my visa. 
I mean, not that I ever tried to use my visa. I can't use my visa, and I, I don't know what else is left to be able to pay Pornhub with. It's been a while since I've been on the site. This all stemmed from a columnist, Nicholas Kristoff, wrote an article titled The Children of Pornhub. The New York Times reported that the website monetizes child rapes, revenge, pornography, spy cam videos of women showering, racist and misogynistic content, and footage of women being asphyxiated in plastic bags. Okay, And the, the op-ed, the opinion columnist, said, uh, call me a prude, but I don't see why search engines, banks, and credit card companies should bolster a company that monetizes sexual assaults on children or unconscious women. Okay, PayPal had suspended cooperation with Pornhub, and then he wanted the American Express, MasterCard, and Visa to do it. They did. So now, the only way that you can get premium Pornhub is through crypto. And they, you know, accept for sure Bitcoin, and I'm guessing that they accept other cryptos, but I'm not sure about that. The only thing I can find is that they accept Bitcoin. So, wow. They, yeah, cryptocurrencies on permissionless networks. Okay, they were going to be close to being out of business. Yeah, they take it all. <laughs> you know, never mind. Never mind. I got to stop this whole train of thought. So let's go to the trial. Still going on in Minneapolis. Um, yes, the high fence has been installed around the courthouse for the trial. Yes, the jurors see that every day. There's protesters gathered just beyond the fencing that hold signs that say convict Derek Chauvin and the world is watching. I mean, they're aware. They're aware. And we've talked about it here. Really, he's guilty. And no matter, I know that's not the way that it is. You're innocent until proven guilty, but we have video evidence and they can try and say that it was the drugs and that he would have died anyway, like we talked about yesterday. But former police officer Derek Chauvin is guilty, period. Whether we all hated it and does, did he deserve to die? No. Should he have been arrested? Absolutely. He's a criminal. But he, you know, he shouldn't have he shouldn't have died in that manner for for sure. Um so when you hear news that's reported from a BLM activist, Maya Eccles, posting on TikTok that all hell is gonna break loose if Derek is found innocent, yeah. No kidding. Now, apparently it's taken, you know, she took it down. I don't know why she took it down because I'm sure she believes it. And so do most people believe it. If George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. Just saying. Oh, I won't be surprised, Maya. Don't you worry, because I'm expecting it. Just saying. Oh, speaking of uh, protesting, the Masters starts today. The Masters in Augusta, Georgia. Wow, the hatred there, huh?
Yesterday, I talked about uh, them reporting what happened to Tiger Woods, and they didn't have the information out when I was uh, doing the show. But I knew it was they had reported that it was you know he was speeding, but he was going uh, 80 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone. At some point, he reached 87 miles an hour around the time of the crash, and he was accelerating down the steep grade of the northbound side. They talked about how that area absolutely uh, catches people unaware and the with downhill and the momentum causes accidents or people to freak out. The SUV's event data recorder captured speeds prior to and after the initial impact, 82.02 miles per hour to 86.99 miles per hour. Okay, so they're not going to cite Woods for a speeding ticket and everybody is wondering why. Um, I don't know. It was a solo traffic collision. Duh. We are not going to... He said, the sheriff said, we're not going to... Uh, we're not going to issue a citation for the infraction. Um, there was no peace officer present. Right! There's no witnesses. They just have the black box. So no one was harmed except for Tiger. We've. Ta- I, 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 I'm, I'm so want this... I want just the reports on Tiger's rehab now. And maybe we can do that at the Masters. But we shall see. And we shall see, or at least I shall see, what's going on with the vaccinations. I really, we talked before about I was really considering getting the Johnson & Johnson vaccination. Just because it's one shot and you can be done with it. And I know the efficacy rate is lower than the Moderna or the AstraZeneca. But I just feel like one shot, I'm done. Let's move on with our lives. And then I can, you know, I got the vaccine and we're okay, right? Well, more than 1,700 people who received vaccinations in California at Centura Health at Dick Sporting Goods said 11 patients experienced symptoms like nausea and dizziness and they were all getting the Johnson & Johnson. So they paused the vaccinations they said uh, people were in line no sorry we're not doing it anymore just out of an abundance of caution and a couple of them went to the hospital wow so now it's the johnson and johnson we had the astrazeneca in the uk saying if you're under 30 don't take it possible blood clots oh uh, is that is that for everybody we don't know we don't know Okay, so now I'm now I'm thinking about that. What am I supposed to do with that? And we have the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who, I mean, you know where you love her. She said that the more contagious coronavirus variant originally found in the UK, known as B117, is now the most common strain in the U.S., And she also said hospitals are seeing more patients in their 30s and 40s with severe disease. Is that true? Maybe. Maybe, but are they dying? Uh, you You know, I don't know. They still want you. She definitely wants to work with this administration and letting us know that it's still winter. And stay home. Keep away from all people. Okay. All right. If you say so. But P. 
people, most people are not, they're not doing that. They don't want to do that anymore. And then we have the story that talks about a third of COVID survivors suffered neurological or mental disorders. One in three COVID-19 survivors in a study of more than 230,000 mostly American patients were diagnosed with brain or psychiatric disorder within six months, suggesting that the pandemic could lead to a wave of mental and neurological problems. Okay, I don't necessarily like the sound of that either. (laughs) Researchers who conducted the analysis said it wasn't clear how the virus was linked to the psychiatric conditions such as anxiety and depression, but that these were the most common diagnoses among the 14 disorders they looked at. Alrighty then. I know they're concerned the new findings published in the Lancet Psychiatric Journal. Well, I'm sorry, it's the Lancet Psychiatry Journal. Uh, analyzed health records of 236,379 COVID-19 patients. 34% had been diagnosed with neurological and psychiatric illnesses within, you know, six months. Okay. The disorders were more common in COVID-19 patients than in comparison groups of people who recovered from flu or other respiratory infections over the same time period. Wait, People had the flu over the same time period? Huh. Okay. They say here anxiety at 17% and mood disorders at 14% were the most common and did not appear to be related to how mild or severe the patient's COVID-19 infection had been. So if you were diagnosed positive with COVID-19, mood disorders, anxiety, okay. All right. Among those who had been admitted to intensive care with severe COVID-19, 7% had a stroke within six months and almost 2% were diagnosed with dementia. Wow. This is, uh, you know, COVID-19 is, has not been fun. Have we been dealing with COVID-19 here in the United States and worldwide? It has not been fun. And I don't know about you. I know that I'm over it. I don't know about you, but I'm over it. And yet we can't be. Are we still in winter? No, we know more about it and we know how to stop it. But just please make it go away. Really tired of it. Really. Let's make it go away. Okay, we have a Operation Varsity Blues update on Massimo. We talked, well, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we have an update from Operation Varsity Blues. Operation Varsity Blues. Tonight's episode, not really at the halfway house. So we reported that he obviously got out of prison and he was staying at a halfway house. Well, that's not true. The wife and the kids picked him up and came to pick him up from the prison institution in Santa Barbara. And then they stopped off at the halfway house 
to pick up an ankle bracelet, which dad, Massimo, Lori's husband, will be wearing at home until April 17th. Wow. He's still, so I don't know what's worse. I, well, I do know what's worse, being in prison. And then I was a little upset Well, they still got this guy at a halfway house, right? But they don't. They just, well, you don't have to, you don't have to stay at the halfway house. You just have to report to RRM Long Beach for our re-entry management program. They oversee, they oversee a home confinement and that's what you're under now. So we're going to let you out and be nice, but you have to stay home and here's an ankle bracelet. Okay. Come on. Really? I mean, the guy still has 250 hours of community service. <laughs> He'll pay $250,000 in fines and be under two years of supervised release. It's really, really ridiculous. It really is. But I just wanted to set the record straight. He's not at the halfway house. He's out of prison and he's back home with the family with the ankle bracelet. So we'll see what happens after the ankle bracelet goes away and he pays his money and does his two years, 250 hours of community service and two years of supervised release for this. Okay. Anyway, that's our update on Operation Varsity Blues, Massimo's home. <laughs> I'm sorry, Operation Varsity Blues. I mean, I can't stop thinking about this because it's just insane to me. Insane that these people are paying such a high price for this. And I know that he was the, if you watch, and we talked about it on the, uh, if you watch the Netflix deal, Operation Varsity Blues, which I didn't get any credit for and I should have, uh, for being a part of it. Rick Singer is the guy. I mean, he threw everybody under the bus. He should be in prison for a long time. He was the one that was scamming everybody. And Massimo was kind of an elitist. He came across as quite the elitist. Lori did not at all. They didn't focus hardly anything on her at all. She just got wrapped up into it because she was, you know, part of the deal for her kids. And uh, we talked about the Hot Pocket lady. She was uh, really concerned, too. And there were a couple other parents that were knew that it was, you know, not right what they were doing and still went ahead and did it. Didn't have any confidence in their children at all. But to have such a harsh conviction over this is really, really sad. And I don't understand it at all. I never have. And, I'll, you know, you can explain to me all you want uh, how they were paying for college and other kids didn't get it and it was horrible. Well, yeah, okay, so deal with the universities and deal with Rick Singer. But the parents, I don't know, just $250,000 fine, time in prison, two years supervised release, and community service hours, Seems a bit harsh, but that's just me. (laughs) 